This is Paul Pesquisolido, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. I see no reason why we will stay up this season. The whites cannot stop the rot. Welcome to tonight's pod, but before we get stuck in, thank you to Paul Pesky-Salido for making that introduction for us for the show. Paul made 95 appearances for us, scoring 24 goals and was integral for our 97-98 season, where we won promotion by winning the Division 2 title. Paul Pesky Salido, we salute you. All right, guys, we just watched it. Unfortunately, it was probably, in my opinion, one of the worst games I've ever seen us play on the television. And I will just go straight in there with you, Mr. Love uh, from the US of A. How, what did you think when you first saw the starting lineup of that piece of mess? <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, <laughs> I, it, it was really that bad. Um, and I know we were talking earlier and I've, I was reading online where people are like, oh, this is the worst Fulham I've ever played. That's not true. <laughs> we played this bad before and that's what got us relegated. We played this bad our first year in the championship and we almost got a double relegation. So we've been here before. We've got to figure yeah. out the solution. And I don't have the answer to that right now, but we've been here before. Yeah. Absolutely. I can feel it. I can, my gut's starting to slowly remember it. <laughs> and for you, Mr. Reese, good to have you back, mate. What, what were your thoughts when you saw the lineup before the ridiculous performance? Um, when I saw the lineup, I thought he, because uh, I think there was a photo that went around social media where someone had like predicted the lineup. And it was more or less this, with the exception of um, uh, 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 Mawson, uh, the guy who did the picture, had Mawson in and, uh, and Slab with the Rodoy. Other than that, I think this is our best team. You know, I know I'd have Mawson in instead. I'd have Mawson instead of Adoy going with, going with the picture. But other than that, he got the selection absolutely spot on. That is how I would have had it. But there's just only so much you can do in getting the selection right. You've then got to go out and perform. And I've got to say that first half performance was terrible. Things mm. picked up in the second half, but. I'm just, I'm just lost for words. I'm being brutally honest. So hold I mean, on, I, hold on. I, I just want to make sure. So you, you were okay with the overall lineup, with the exception of, and I agree with this. Remove a doy. Yeah, for Alfie Mawson. Yes. Okay. So J Mac, I, I would disagree. What would have been your back for? I actually thought the lineup was how I wanted it to be. I thought that I could picture Adoy being alongside Maxime Lamarchand because I thought Reem was just that bad uh, for the City game and I think Adoy keeps a little bit of know-how of how to play from the back and Mawson is just ready to step in there but I, I actually thought again like Reese, that this was a good team selection to start off with and I was just I was more confused about the bench now that's something we really need to talk about I mean what was going on there Don with the la- we have absolutely no attacking players on that bench I mean it is inexcusable right So I'm worried that Slav is everybody online keeps using the word out of his depth and stuff like that and I I, I don't want to say that cuz I really love the guy I I really love the guy My thing is I'm worried that He's not out of his depth, but he needs somebody there, like Stuart Gray, who I don't know why he left, but somebody there who I guess was putting that little tidbit in his ear all the time. Hey, we need to try this. We need to do this. Something's got to change. Somebody's got to put something in his ear that gets things clicking. And when you go to a team like this, who on paper, we should have been dominating. Okay, absolutely dominating. And you're going in with nothing but a defensive lineup. Yeah. To me, that's not his style. And if he's lost faith in his style, then the team's lost faith in his style. We're just automatically going there to lose. Way too defensive-minded. Yeah. And if he's going to go defensive-minded, why stick with the 4-3-3, which is a more attacking formation? Why mm. not drop back in a more defensive position? If that's what you're going to do, if that's your lineup, play the lineup. 
Yeah, and it, it's almost as if we treated Huddersfield like they were Man City in the Carabao Cup game. It, I mean, it was almost we were giving them that level of respect, Huddersfield. I mean, um, Reese, what what were your thoughts of the four three three formation? I mean, there was just no attacking threat, even though this is meant to be our most attacking way of playing. I mean, what what the hell went wrong in the first half, mate? Well, I was just saying, I think the lineup he got correct, and I think the and the formation I think he got correct as well. The one thing you mentioned about the bench. Where was Abubakar Kamara? Exactly. Was he? Was he? Be, I don't. I don't. Was he being punished for for diving against Bournemouth? What did he say? Right. You know, this is how we deal with you. You don't do that. So I'm going to. You know, not, internally, I'm going to suspend you for a game, sort of thing, as yeah. a punishment. You know. And then, if that's the case, then it's sort of worked because it because that would have been a half. The second half, I think, I would have had. I would have had Kamara come on if, if of course, if he was there. And it could be a thing of Slav sending a message to him saying, right, this is what you're doing. You're hurting the team by doing that. No, don't do that again. Obviously, this is just this is just speculation. But the fact that we didn't have any forward players on the bench, even if you wanted to dip down into the academy, the zero attacking options when you know, you know we went behind. There's no attacking option to give us that extra bit of oomph. You know, I thought the, the McDonald substitution was okay. We looked somewhat better when he came on, especially that first five minutes. But overall, you having to take off Vieto, an attacking player from midfielder, it just didn't seem right when you're a goal down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think with the bench, I mean, at least, I mean, like you said, bring some of the academy players in. But I could, I could have sworn that, you know, Cabano or an Ayite would have at least been in there at least. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I think you had three centre-backs in that bloody... Uh, bench um for, for you don the first half i mean four three three there's no movement no movement whatsoever there is just a complete lack of desire to win the ball at the moment don't you agree what what is what is going on i don't know what the difference is between last season and this season but you're absolutely right okay there's no fire in our bellies whatsoever and to me the only person on that field who showed an inkling of desire was Cess. Now, I got to say, if you look at, if we're going to play the 4-3-3, okay, if you look at, uh, go to the Fulham website. This is actually a really interesting one. I love to do this. Go to the match of the day uh, portion of the website. Look at the actual game. Look at the starting 11. And next to the starting 11, you can do an average position of where that pl- each player was on the pitch for the majority of the game, Okay. If you look at last year, and I went and did this, I picked a random game of Sheffield United, okay? And you looked at when we played them. Our average position was at least six to seven men in the attacking side of the field, okay? And our fullbacks or our wingbacks, their average position was around at least the halfway line. We have not done that. And I can't remember how many games, even against City, okay? We, we were so defensive against City, and we had to be. That's fine. But even in this game, a game where I feel like we could have been a lot more attacking, if you mm. look at what we did, you basically had Limachon playing a sweeper in the back. He's the last guy back. And your back four actually ends up being more like Ryan Sessian. You've got uh, Zambo and Gisa back there, Adoy. And then it ends up Christie, but it was Fusu Mensah for quite a while. You basically got five in the back with Limachon playing sweeper, okay? Mm. And the rest of the guys, the, the rest of the four guys, including Mitro, they're tight in the middle, tight as tight can be, basically in the center circle. We had no width. We had no real runs down the side. And it's like well, I heard one of the pundits say on TV, even when Timothy – or Christie tried to put a ball over the top down the line or a nice through pass down the line, the players were facing him. And they were so close, you might as well have just tapped the ball with your big toe and gotten it to him, no problem. That's how close Mm. I felt we were the whole time. If they would have been more spread out and, say, Christie could have seen the backside of of the player, the actual numbers, and put a ball over the top, maybe we'd have more of a chance to get running in. But for me... We're just too centralized, too defensive, and they just pulled us apart. I don't know what to do or what to change, but somebody's got to step up and say it. 
say it. No, it's not just him. It's not just him. Here's the problem, okay? And this is a big problem. And I'll go back to you, J-Mac. See if you can answer uh, or tell me what you would do. I'd love to. Tom is not the captain. I love him to death. Great guy from everything I've heard, read. Um, when he's on, he's on. Some of his field movements, his passes that he picks out, great, okay? We know that last year, K-Mac was really the captain on the pitch. He was a guy yes. who kind of stepped in, fired things up. We don't have a real captain in my mind who yells at people and gets them fired up and says, get your ass in gear and start playing or get the hell off the pitch. You know, and this is where I want like, I, I want uh, Murphy. Okay. I want a yeah. Murphy again. Who's our Murphy now? Well, I mean, we don't have one. It's as simple as that. And that's what actually is now being said all through the Twitter universe at the moment, that there is just absolutely no leadership. But we keep making excuses here. We keep saying, now it's the leadership problem. It used to be, you know, the centre-back pairing. It used to be the, 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 how narrow we are. And now it's a leadership. I mean, it just, it's just a new problem creates itself every single game. And I completely agree with you that leadership is something that we completely lack. I mean, I haven't seen proper leadership on the pitch since pretty much... I don't know, Kevin McDonald last season, or maybe even Jamie or Flipping Hara, do you know what I mean? But I actually don't know where we go from here when it comes to someone to step up and be a leader for us. I mean, Reese, what's your take on this? Do we, I mean, we need a bit of grit and we need it to come from someone within the team to actually spur us on. It just doesn't come from Kenny, does it? I think we need to look for leadership, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. I, 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 don't, I don't want this. I don't want it to end this way. But my word... Slavisa needs to do something. He obviously gave him a kick up the backside at halftime because we came out firing in that second mm. in the second half. But during the game, I just didn't see I just didn't see anything from him. The sky cameras didn't know didn't cut to him giving like motivational you know, rah, not rah, rah speech, but you get what I mean. There's got to be a kick up the ass from somewhere constantly, and I just and I just don't think I just don't, I just don't think we're getting it. I don't want this to turn into simply it's all Jokanovic's fault. It isn't. The players have to take some blame of it. But at the end of Absolutely. the day, even when you have a captain on the pitch, who who's above the captain? It's the manager slash head coach slash head coach. It's got to come from somewhere. And if it's not coming from the on the pitch, it has to come from the dugout. And at the moment, I just don't I just don't see it from Slav. If I'm if I'm being brutally honest, I just don't see it. So, J-Mac, if you listen to Matt, does that mean that Slab is too nice of a guy and we're just too nice of a club? I'm, start I'm really glad you mentioned this because I was thinking this when watching the game. From listening to a number of interviews from Slavica for the past week and a half now, I've noticed that he said in his view, I refuse to be one of these people who gets, you know, wound up and screaming on the pitch. And I, I can see that Slavica is a very calm guy, a very, very, very calm guy. And I don't think that's what we need for this fight at the moment. I just don't think he... I think he makes people, his players, feel too relaxed. It's even the way he's been talking in press conferences. After You know, even before Cardiff, he says, if we lose against Cardiff, it's not the end of the world. We still have lots of games. And he sort of said the same thing, I believe, in the preview for Huddersfield. I just don't see much urgency from him. And I'm, I mean, maybe it's different when it's at Motspur Park. But I think you're right. I think Slavica is potentially a bit too nice. What do you think? There are managers who know when to throw a chair in the locker room, know to mm. kick somebody up the backside. I'm not sure Slab's that guy. And if he's not, then we got to get somebody in who has the knit, the grit, and the balls to say, you know what? And a god dang one of you got any fire in your belly. I'm sending you all down, and I'm going to bring up the 23s and the 18s, and I'm going to make a difference with them, or at least I'm going to die trying. Show these guys, listen. You're not just here to collect a check. You want to move away? Fine, move away. You think you're going to get an offer somewhere? I doubt it. To keep playing the way you are. Bring in the younger kids. Let's see if they can't do something different. Or at least make these guys start fighting for their position on the pitch. Yes. Fact is, though, yes. Slav has shown he's not willing to... He It's his way or no way at all. He doesn't seem to want to adapt his style, his style of play. And I think that's probably, Stan, that probably goes for the personnel as well. I don't, he's given, you know, occasional, occasional games to guys in the past, like, um, 
back in 2016, 17, when we were, you know, when we had Chris Martin uh, gone ineligible because it was against Derby, he brought Stephen Humphreys on. I think he got another game somewhere down the season as well. But And there's the occasional cup games as well. But other than that, he hasn't really dipped into the academy. He, he showed, I have this, I have this squad. I'm going to use this squad. So I don't think that, you know, threatening uh, bringing in the under 23s is going to do, is going to do much of it. It should be a necessity of anything. Like if Kamara was injured, say, which, which again, he could be, and you have to bring, you know, Cameron Thompson up, for instance, or you know, Stephanie Johansson didn't you, so you bring up uh, Luke Delatore or Matt O'Reilly. It should, he only really does it in a necessity rather than a, I'm going to change, I'm going to change something. And I, 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 it's, it's, he, as I say, it's his way or no way at all. So I just don't think, I think the only way that we get a change of mentality is with a change of manager. And it has to. Okay, hold on now. So here's my one thing. And I, I said this last year several times, and then I shut my mouth because the team went on that amazing win streak, okay, and, and could seem to do no wrong. What did he do then to turn the team around to get onto that winning streak? Okay. That's what I want to know because a good manager knows how to take a crappy team or a team that's down in the dumps and flip it 180. So John, what's he got to say? What's he got to do to flip this team? I don't, I mean, what hasn't he tried already? That's the thing. He's tried everything. He's tried absolutely flipping everything in the book now. And the thing is, the thing is, I agree with Matt to an extent that he should be looking into the academy. It's what, you know, a lot of managers do. If, you know, if the players aren't performing, the first team players of all those big salaries aren't doing anything right, then you start looking at the youngsters and give them a chance. I agree with that. But at the moment, I just do not understand where else he can go now. He's completely out in public for everyone to see the flaws he's making. Look at the bench. It's ridiculous. Look at all the mistakes he's made, the substitution, the inconsistent lineup. It's not good enough. And the thing is, we started the game, going back to the game quickly, we actually started the game defensively well. I thought defensively we were actually a lot, we looked 10 times more solid than we have as of late. But it's now come to a point where as our defense gets better, we now can't strike anymore. We can't actually make any attacking passes and get into the final third. I mean, Kenny, like we said, is completely ineffective. Seri, I don't know what's going on, looks completely disinterested. And Mitro is just, even though he's, you can argue he's getting all the, he's not getting the service, but he's just, his hold-up play is terrible. It's terrible. And I just yeah, don't know what else, they, go on. Yeah, something's gone wrong. It's not just the defence that's the issue anymore. It's the whole team. Like, if, you know, you could excuse it if we were, if we were winning and losing, you know, 4-3, three, 3-2 three, every week. Because yes. then you could pin it on one thing and just the defence. But the fact that we're shipping in so many, and we've and we can't get a goal from anywhere either. It's the whole team that that, that is just disintegrated. It it's the quicksand effect. Okay. Yeah. There, there is this uh, Keanu Reeves movie. I uh, I'm not an American football fan, so I forget the name of the football movie. But basically, the coach goes in and says it's the quicksand effect. Okay. One thing goes wrong. Another thing goes wrong. Another yeah. thing goes wrong. And before you know it. There's just nothing you can do. You feel like you've just been sucked down under the quicksand and there's no way to get out. And that's the problem with this team, okay? Whatever the difference yeah. is between last year and this year, I can't say as far as what made them have the desire because I'm not seeing it on the pitch here now. And this is where you could argue, who ultimately is taking responsibility for the team? Who's that person that feels like it's their fault taking charge and saying, okay, We've got to change this. Again, it goes back to leadership. I don't think the leadership is there right now. I think it's it's failed, and I and I hate to say it. Yes, Matt is right. It has failed at the top, okay? And it starts to flow down. So if you break down this game, like you say, you want to go back to this game, how do we change that? Okay, well, if Slav's going to stick with his 4-3-3, we've got to go back to how we used to play, and that's quicker passes, quicker touches we seem like we're holding it way too much now. Like we are just questioning everything we do. A good yeah. example is Mitchell gets upset 
because Schuler is not making the run, okay? Or that Schuler got got offside. He made the run too early. Well, Mitro, actually, if that had been reverse positions, you'd have been screaming, release that ball quicker, okay? Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. It's got to be quicker reactions, quicker thinking. And this goes back to what I said a couple pods ago. It's the on-pitch field awareness of what's around you, okay? There's a basketball player. This is where I need Matt. He, he's the American sports guy. There was this, oh, my God, point guard um, with the Mavericks, I think. This guy could make no-look passes like nobody's business, okay? He was not the leading scorer, but, man, he knew where everybody was on the basketball court the entire time. How come we don't have anybody right now being able to do that same thing? who knows where every player is and is making those, oh, my God, passes, threading the ball, crossing the pitch. I don't feel like we've got anyone on the pitch that does that right now, not even Tom. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because we were talking about what we can do to change this. Now, Slav did make some changes. And going back to what Reese said, at halftime, he took Fosu Mensah off, quite right so. I mean, I believe it was an own goal that actually was given in the end. Did it turn out to be an own goal by him, guys? It's been credited. It's been credited as an own goal. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into the details and the minutiae of it. I I could give it either way, but yeah, not what it's been given as an own goal. Well, look, because clearly Slav can do stuff because he has some sort of power because he took off he took off Fosu Mensa and put Christian and he took off Vieto for McDonald and things changed. We looked better. We looked more up for it. We completely, I thought Christie completely gave us pace finally on the right-hand side, almost as if like a shadow of Ryan Fredericks had just came onto the field slightly. So something did change, but it did not last for long enough. That's K-Mac. So yeah. I think K-Mac came on. He actually kind of took charge like he does, and he kind of got the people turned around. He steps off because sadly he hasn't been playing. He pulled something, bad luck, whatever. We lose that little bit of what desire we had on the field. And then yeah. you put on uh, Johansson. Johansson's not a leader, okay? He's, a, he, he's that guy who's going to play hard. I'm not putting him down, but he's not a leader. So, again, we've got to figure out leadership off the field and leadership on the field. And it's something that Tim Ream has been trying to do twice now in open interviews to Sky or whatever media outlet, and that just hasn't worked either. So not only can we not defend at the moment, not only can we not attack, but we also cannot actually even try to pretend we have some sort of leadership at the moment off the field and on. So, Reese, I mean, we did look better, but then why did it change? Why did the 4-2-3-1, I mean, is it purely down to McDonald or is it still those players like Seri and like uh, Sherlock just not up to the task right now i think some of it is down to the formation uh, as i said when kevin mcdonald came on it just calmed it just calmed everyone down we seem to be as i said we seem to be doing a lot better with kevin mcdonald he, he just has that bit of a calming influence over everything mm. just sort of that's everything's everything's going to be okay so in my mind i'd have kevin mcdonald starting if you want to Go if you want to stay with a four three three, then I'd have McDonald over Angisa. If you want to go for a four two three one, how you work out the three and the one, I'm not hundred percent sure. But I uh, was listening to the Sky to commentators tonight, and they were saying that Angisa always feels much better as part of a two. If that if what we're getting in the second half is what's going to be going forward when we were a lot better, then by all means we need to change to a, change to a four two three one and have McDonald and Angisa together. Because I think I've seen a lot of people slagging off Angisa, and some of it could be deserved. But I still think there's a few moments in there that says he is a good player. He can come through for us. It's just a case of whether or not you want to keep plugging away and try to make it work or give a wholesale change and get Kevin McDonald in um, as, the, as the number one defensive midfielder. So, so that would be my... If, again, how you work out attacking going forward, because you'd have to sacrifice either Tom Kearney or Jean-Michel Sherry as that sort of behind-the-striker guy if you went to a 4-2-3-1. You'd have to sacrifice one of them. Well, I mean, you look at the goals that we've conceded in the past few games, and actually it's we've conceded five, we've conceded four, we've conceded three, we've conceded two the last game, we've conceded one. So we are making some progress. Don't you dare say it. I know, I know, I'm sorry. Anyway... Mr. Love, let's go back to the formation this game. I mean, what were your final thoughts on this formation and what we can do to tweak things even more? Okay. 
I am a fan of the four, two, three, one, but I'm yes. also a fan of a manager who realizes what his players attributes are and their disadvantages, their, 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 their stumbling blocks are okay. Our biggest stumbling block are a couple different things in my mind. One, with Sess way in the back playing the wing back or the fullback, we lose something in the attacking mode. So we've got to get him back up into the attacking mode. Now we'll talk about that about against Liverpool or how I think we should set up in the in the for Liverpool or the future of games. Course. But basically, my point is, we've lost that speed that we had last year. Basically, you had you know Taggart on the one side and you had um, Ryan on the other. Okay. So we don't have that speed going forward. And without that speed going forward, we're not really getting the outside service. The other thing that we're not doing well, okay? Everybody puts Schuler down, I think, a lot. And I, I think, again, he's not being utilized properly, okay? He's not going to be that guy who can come back and help defend constantly. He, he's just not got the speed or probably the stamina. And so how do you rectify that? Well, we got to be more attack minded if if he's going to be that kind of guy. And this again goes to a 4-2-3-1. We can kind of put him up there on the outer wing, helping to supply or support Metro. Okay. And if we do this kind of formation, the 4-2-3-1, we make more triangles on the field and we should have better possibility of passing. Okay. But again, to do that, We've got to get these guys like Timothy and Zambo to get their freaking heads up and know where the good passes are going forward and who's around them that could pinch the ball and nick the ball off of them and pick their pocket, okay? So, yeah. again, field awareness is big for me, but when you break down this game, it comes down to what's the problem with this season. And the problem with this season is for this level of play, we don't have the guys really to support a 4-3-3. In my mind, we need a defensive coach to come in and we need somebody to step up, can take these players and make it to where they utilize the strength of these players. I don't think that's happening. I don't think we're using the strength of these players. And I think what we're actually doing with the 4-3-3 is we're playing to the weaknesses of this players. Uh, Don, when you say uh, a defensive coach, do you mean a, a coach to work on the defense or do you mean a defensive minded coach no 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 i i don't want um who's a famous premier league like defensive-minded coach um what was big sam big sam's usually pretty pretty defensive-minded right right yeah, he's the king of it so i don't want a big sam okay and i know people are on online have been saying hey big sam might be the answer because at least we'll get the defense sorted i don't want that i don't want a big sam i want well, I don't want a big Sam for a number of reasons. I want just a defensive-minded coach, okay, who comes in and works with the team on the defense side. We're not organized at all, and and that's you know one of major problems is when you're not organized in the defense, to where you clean things up properly, quickly, efficiently, and then you turn it into quick turnarounds where. You know, we're looking for the break or we've made that killer pass or we just controlled it out of the back. OK, we're not doing any of those things at all right now. So we need that defensive coach that gets these guys organized in the back, understands what everybody's freaking role is on the pitch and who their supporting player is. And that includes from the midfield back. I'm not just talking on the back four. Get them organized and get them to where, OK, now we're organized. Now we turned it into how are we going forward? How are we going to attack? Whether it's slabs play, you know, the classic control the ball, take our time, 3,000 passes, 3,000 touches before we actually try and put it in the box. Or it's that, oh, my God, quick play down the uh, passes down the outside that we get across it. That's what I want when I say defensive coach. I don't want a big Sam. Fine. That's fair enough. And But the problem is, the problem is, if we go for a defensive coach in the end, if we do go for a big Sam, which a lot of people don't want. And what I'm scared of is us getting turning into the new West Ham, of us saying, it's not the Fulham way, it's not the Fulham way. And going to, to a point that I'm sure Reese would have completely applaud is that the Fulham way is winning. <laughs> and, and, we, and in this league, we need to 
my God, we need to find a way. But I, I've actually, I've just seen that Savisa has just given some final comments after the match, and I'll just quote them here to you now. Uh, this is just from a few seconds ago of White Noise. We didn't play the first 45 minutes with enough intensity. We started to kick the ball without any sense. I don't know why there was a lack of intensity. We are without power and enough intensity for the first 45 minutes. We didn't show the quality too. They seemed to be a little scared. We tried to push a few players forward more, but they didn't find the quality. We played many minutes, three against three, but then we added one more and noticed the plan wasn't working too badly. We had more chances, but not enough for a goal. And then he says this on his future. I trust in myself. People know I've been here for two years and how I work. The process has not started well. There are many games ahead of us. We must improve ourselves. I'm thinking about my team and myself. Definitely, we are not at the best level and we are looking for improvement. So there you have it. He's saying pretty much the same things he always says. He's saying that how long he's been here for. And, you know, we have so many games ahead of us and we must improve. We must be braver. But he has said, I'm thinking about my team and myself, which is a very, very interesting comment, wouldn't you say, Reese? You know, hold on, John. I'm sorry to cut you off, Reese, but here's the thing that, and, and Reese, tell me if I'm wrong. Here's the thing that gets me, okay? Slab always starts out slow. The past three seasons, he starts out slow. Somehow he gets it turned around. The difference is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Reese, this is the Premier League, not the championship. Fewer, league, uh, fewer games, okay, number one. Number two, higher intensity from other teams. Wouldn't you agree? And so he doesn't have the time to turn it around. Exactly. And it's perfectly said. Is in the the two seat the past two seasons in the championship, we were, you know, looking up the table somewhat and you know uh, take off three or four places for the time to adjust. And then all of a sudden we got it figured out and we, you know, ended up in the playoffs both times. Whereas now our ambitions were to be, you know, somewhere in the mid table, in the lower mid table, you know, 12th, 13th. If you then take away the, you know, the four game, the four uh, spots on the table, knock it down because that's the time it takes to adjust. You know, you're sacrificing that to any of your, that gets you in relegation form. We're not at the top end where a couple of losses means, oh, we're dropping down from third place to fifth place. Now we're at the bottom end of the table. We're dropping down a couple of places because it's taking so long to adjust and implement the scheme. Knocks us from 14th to 17th. And now at the moment, bottom of the table. But at the end, you know, extrapolate that over a season. That means we're going to end up you know, four games short of where we should be aiming, which you know, could be a relegation this year. But, but the point you made, Dom, and the way you went about absolutely right, bang on. Okay. All right. So... We'll talk a little bit more Liverpool in a minute, guys, but we'll we'll end it there and we'll just pray that something good happens soon. Anyway, on the other side of this, we have the quiz. Fulham. And welcome back to the Fulham Focus podcast. Now it's time for, we're going to attempt to cheer people up a little bit here, with a quiz. And we're going to start off with... I guess the figure round. So, guys, you can both each score a maximum of 18 points each. And if you're playing along at home, you can get a maximum of 23 points each. All right. And so we have the first round, general knowledge. All right. It's question one. And it's guess the figure. And I will start with you, Don. Now, here we go. Guess the figure. How many times have we beaten Liverpool in the Premier League? Ooh. Four. Don is going for four. And for you, Mr. Reese. Oh, crap, I should have the calculations. Uh, yeah. Th- uh, three. Stand by. The answer is six, so Don gets a point there. We have beaten them four times at the college, just one win at Anfield and one victory at Loftus Road. So there you go. Six times have we beaten Liverpool in the Premier League. All right, so that is a point for Don. So it's 1-0 so far to Don. Question two. Which of these former Fulham players scored against us whilst playing for Liverpool? Steve Finnan, John Arnorisa, Yari Lippmanen, or Stan Collymore? And Reese, I will go to you first, mate. I'm assuming one of them did. I'm going to go for John Arnorisa. Going for John Arnorisa. Okay, and for you, Mr. Dunn. Okay, so repeat the question just one more time. Of course. 
Which of these former Fulham players scored against us whilst playing for Liverpool? Steve Finnan, John Arnarisa, Yari Lipmanen, or Stan Collymore? I would agree with Matt. I think it's John. You are both incorrect, I'm afraid. The answer is Yari Lipmanen. Oh, I want to no, I want to overrule that. Yari Lipmanen doesn't even count as a Fulham player. I want. I, wanna, I, wanna, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it really mean. doesn't count. <laughs> does not count as a former Fulham player. Has Whoever he not played for Fulham before? That question up needs sacking. Probably <laughs> Danny's work. I think we've got too many sackings on the horizon at the moment, mate. Okay, so question three: <laughs> Steven Gerrard. Luis Suarez and which English striker are the joint top scorers for Liverpool against Fulham in the Premier League with four goals each? Steven Gerrard, Luis Suarez and which English striker are the joint top scorers for Liverpool against Fulham in the Premier League with four goals each? Is it A. Daniel Sturridge, B. Michael Owen, C. Robbie Fowler or D. Peter Crouch? And Don, I will go to you. Oh, good choices. Fowler. You're going for Fowler, and for you, Mr. Reese. I think it's Daniel Sturridge because I think he scored a hat trick against us one year. So I'm going to give that. I'm going to give the edge to him. I think it's Daniel Sturridge. Stand by. You are absolutely correct. It was Daniel Sturridge. So you have got a point, and Don, you lose that, but you still have the point from the first round. So it is one all at the moment, guys. All right. Question four. In 1986, Liverpool battered us in the League Cup at Anfield in what is still a record loss for Fulham. How many goals did Liverpool win by to nil? And, Reese, I will go to you for this one, mate. How many goals? I think it was nine. I think nine. Okay. Oh Final my answer, nine. And for you, Mr. Don. Oh, my, oh, God, I hope it wasn't that high. Um, five. Stand by. I'm afraid if this was guessed to the nearest figure, Reese would win. But unfortunately, it wasn't right for either of you. But I can confirm that Liverpool scored 10. 10 nil oh, in 1986. Oh. Liverpool battered us in the League Cup at oh, my Lord. 1986. 10 fucking nil. Well, yeah, I, got it. I was, I was getting between 8 or 9. I, oh, I, under, I undersold us. I undersold <laughs> us. Well, I mean, it's, you know, if you think times are bad now, guys, it could be 10 nil. Oh, but don't it, say that. Give it, give yeah, it a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Yeah. All right. Wait till Sunday. Wait till Sunday. <laughs> yeah, fine. Fair enough. Okay. So you guys can get a total of five points here, guys. And the round is called yes or no. So it's question five. Yes or no. Did they score against Liverpool for Fulham? So I will read them. Did they score against Liverpool for Fulham? Okay. So I'll go to you first, Mr. Reese. No, I will go to you first, Mr. Dunn. Andy Cole. No. Going with no, Mr. Reese. Yes, he did. He scored at Anfield, 2005. He did indeed. Well done. All right. Brian Reese, Mr. Dunn. No. And for you, Mr. Reese? No. You are correct. He did not score. Brian McBride, Mr. Reese. Your favorite player? He is. I should know this. Um, it would have been in the montage. No. All right. I'm and... going positive. I say yes because he's also my favorite player. Yes. I'm afraid Reese is correct on this one. Brian ah. McBride did not score against Liverpool for us. Okay. Mr. I Don. I forgive myself if I'd have got a McBride question. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Don, this one's for you. Dimitar Berbatov. Yes. For you, Mr. Reese? Yes. That is correct. He did. He did. He did. He did. And uh, Mr. Reese, next one. Danny Murphy. I am going to say. Uh, no. And for you, Mr. Don? I say yes. Stand by. He did not score. I'm sorry, Don. Uh, yes, Reese, you got a point. He did down. not score. So, at the moment, the scores are Don, you are on one, two, three points, and Mr. Reese, after that amazing display, you are on one, two, three, four, five, six. It is six, six, three. It is six, three. Don, you have three points, and Mr. Reese, you have six points. Excellent stuff. All right. 
And the next round is back and forth. You both have five guesses each here, guys. And here's the question, all right? So I'm going to go back and forth to you alternatively, all right? So here we go. And it's five points potential here. Name the starting lineup for Fulham the last time we played against Liverpool at the Cottage in 2014, which happened to be Rennie Mullenstein's last game in charge. And I just want to say here, this is the starting lineup. Substitutions do not count. Okay? All right. So, because you run the last round, Mr. Reese, I'll let you go first. The starting lineup, please. Oh, Craig. Uh, Sasha Reetha. That is correct. Sasha Reetha. And for you, Mr. Don. What year was this again? This is 2014. Oh my we lost 3-2. Gerard Pounty in the last minute. We actually played pretty well that game, and Runestein, I thought Runenstein should have stayed on. You know, I said, if Sasha Reetha doesn't dive Starting in lineup. and give away that penalty, Mullenstein is still in the job. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Tunnicliffe looking good too. Anyway, sorry, Mr. Dunn. Hangerlin. I say Hangerlin. Hangerlin. He did not. I'm sorry, he was not in the starting lineup. For you, Mr. Reese. Okay, in which case you would have filled at the other centre-back, Amori Bieta. He did not play in the starting lineup. I am so sorry. Who were our centre-backs back then? Who would you find out? I will tell you. I will tell you at the end. You will know in all due course, my friend. Don, next guess. Uh, Back then. I've already said Reese, right? We haven't said Reese yet, no. I think he was still in there, wasn't he? So, John Reese. You are correct. Risa is there. All right. It's one all, guys. Okay. The next one's on you, Mr. Reese. Uh, uh, Johnny Heitinger. You are correct. Next one for you, Mr. Don. Let's say Burn. You are correct. Mr. Reese. Scott Parker. Surely Scott Parker. You are incorrect. Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) I'm stressed out here. (laughs) <laughs> um, God, I don't know. Remember that? Uh... Oh, um, who who is the? Uh, he was Welsh, I believe. Um, Richardson is that? Uh, that's the Welsh guy, right? Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, wasn't he? He was a fullback, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was English. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But, but Richardson. Go Richardson. I'm going with Richard. Going with Richardson. That is correct. Well done. And right, last guess for you, Mr. Reese. I think on the right wing that day would have been Ashkanda Jagger. Oh, there's a name. Mm-hmm. Is that your final answer, mate? Yeah, go for Ashkanda Jagger. Was not in the starting lineup for that team. Who the heck was in that team in 20? 20- I will tell you. I will tell you. Oh, relax. I will tell you at the end. <laughs> it's done. Which one? The final guess done. Uh, who played back then? Oh, 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 oh. Um, commentator now. Uh, God, I'm the worst with names. Um, <laughs> Sidwell. That is correct. Steve Sidwell was in the starting lineup for that team. So from that round, Mr. Don, you got, amazingly, you got four points out of five. And Reese, you only got two. Hey, so we. I still want to know what's the rest of the dang team. Yeah, all right, here we go. Um, all right, the starting lineup was Stecklenburg, John Arnorisa, Dan Byrne, Haitinga, Kieran Richardson, Sasha Reetha, Kfist. Do you remember Kfist? Oh, bl- oh no. no, don't remind me of Kfist. Yeah. Stephen Sidwell, Tunnicliffe, Holtby. Darren Bent. Darren oh. Bent. Wow. Okay, guys. Reese is on eight points. Don is on seven. So the final round is guess the player. Now I'm going to list out to you certain facts about this player. If you get the first to the third point, you get four points. If you get the fourth to the fifth fact, you get three points. If you get the sixth to the eighth fact, you get two points. And if you get the ninth to the tenth fact, you get one point. But if you shout out early and it is wrong, you are frozen out. So you have to be very tactical I'm terrible here. at this. Okay, well, let's just see. Let's just see, my friend. Okay. All right, here we go. 
Guess the player. Fact number one. This player is 5 foot 11. Number two. This player was only with Fulham for one season, making 39 appearances. He was signed as a free agent by Kit Simons. He was released as a free agent by Slavica Jokanovic. Plus, Jamie O'Hara. Final answer. Yes. You are absolutely correct. It was Jamie O'Hara, mate. Well done. So you got to the one, to the four. You got the fourth point, so that gives you an extra three. So eight, nine, ten, eleven. You have won the round, my friend. Eleven points. That is eleven points to Don Seven. Congratulations, mate. You have won the prize, and the prize is Stefan Johansson's chewing gum, which he managed to keepy uppy back into his mouth. It tastes disgusting, but please enjoy it. We're sending it to you in a nice big bubblegum wrapper. As long as it's spearmint, I'm fine. As long as it's spearmint. Uh, shithouse flavoured, my friend. Shithouse flavoured. <laughs> All right, guys. Lovely stuff. All right. On the other side of this, we are going to go back to a tiny bit more of the Liverpool preview. Fulham. Okay, guys. Liverpool. They are currently unbeaten in this league so far. Their home form is ridiculous. Their away form isn't too bad either. They nearly actually won against Arsenal just a few days ago. Um... Uh, Don, I'll go to you. With this game, let's say, for instance, let's not talk about the big change we can make in slacking Slavisa because we don't know what's going to happen just yet. If Slavisa is still there, what is the best change we can make to this squad? Should we play like we did against City and Carabao, or do you sense something different should happen? What do you think? So I want to see two big things, and I don't want to get into the players just yet, but my big things yes. that, that I want to see changed. Number one, I want to see fire in their belly and I want to see them playing like there is no tomorrow. I want instant pressure on the ball, quicker passing, better cover for your fellow player. Okay. So that's number one. We've got to just step up our pace and our uh, desire. Okay. Number two, play a formation that I feel would better suit the qualities of this of this team, okay, and, and the individual players. And I don't think at this level the 4-3-3 is going to be that formation, not with this team. I think if Slav, you know, had his Liverpool team or had his City team, and I've said this before, he'd be at the top of the table, okay? And a good manager knows if you don't have that team, you got to play to what you have. And like I've always saying, I know it's a broken record, the 4-2-3-1. And I want to see better triangles, better passing, that kind of movement. Those are my two things to change dramatically from last game to this game, by far. Excellent. I completely agree with that too, mate. Completely agree. Mr. Reese, what do you want to see? Let's we'll talk about Slavica in a minute. But if 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 Slav is still there, what what do you think should happen? What can we do? I say we go for a zero 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 formation. Don't bother turning up. Just play percentages and take the three nil forfeit loss. It will help us long term in the goal difference. Other than yeah. that, if we decide to go a completely different way, I think we go. People have been mentioning it. Have been mentioning it a few times on on the podcast and in the very and in the various WhatsApp groups. I think we try and go with what Gareth Southgate did during the World Cup and go for that sort of three four two one. However you diagram it on a formation sheet everyone knows, everyone knows what i'm talking about though three uh so three center backs of callum chambers um alfie mawson and maxine lemarchand but by all means by the love for the love of god get alfie mawson in the team even if you have to sacrifice every single th- every single thing about the rest of the back line get alfie mawson in the team we spent 20 was it 20 or 25 million whatever I it is it's 26 on a, mate. On a, Whatever on a um, <laughs> so, sorry to shout at you like that. No, no, I love crew, it. On a player who has on a central defender who has Premier League experience, why is he playing? I get he had the injury, but he surely has to have gotten over it by now. But but get Alfie Mawson a proper centre half in the team, and that will probably solve what some of our defensive issues. And, and then other than that. Really, that's my only. That's my only one. Everything else, just sort it out, sort it out amongst yourself. But, but by all means, just get Alfie Morse in the squad. We have a defender there. By 
use him. If you want to have Callum Chambers alongside him, by all means. And I personally would go for Chambers and Lamar Shant alongside him. But just get Alfie Morse in the team. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but just get him in the seal. Get him in the squad. We will improve with Alfie Morse in the squad. All right. Can you just say well, John, Alfie what would you do? Time? What John, what's your one no, thing? What 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 is your one thing, John, that you would just hammer home to this damn team? I would change make the changes that Reese is talking about. I would go three at the back. I think three at the back with two fullbacks is the only way we're actually going to be able to keep Salah and Mane quiet-ish, but not really. I mean, there's the four-three-three against this team will get absolutely slaughtered. I mean, they've got Shakiri on the bench for God's sake. It's just it's gonna be an absolute slaughterhouse but i think the best thing we can do is three at the back with two fo- two wing backs three in the middle and two up top and i don't want to see Scherler up top either i want to see vieto and mitro up top i want to see vieto playing off mitro and i don't want to see Scherler in the team for the next game i want him to come on as a sub and i want to see how that works because i just do not want to see him start whatsoever i'm starting my good books right now but uh so if you guys put alfie in the middle and you've got, say, uh, I wish it was Brian, but I think he's still going to be out with a hamstring. And, uh, Lee Marchand on the uh, left side. Who, who's your right side then? On the right side of center back, I would probably, I wouldn't have Tim Ream. I think, again, I'm really sorry, guys. People are going to crucify me for this, but I still don't think Dennis Adoy has been as catastrophic as everyone makes him out to be. And I think as a right-sided centre-back next to Alfie Morrison, next to Le Marchand is the best way forward. And the thing is, Adoy is good cover if, for instance, Christie, I hope it's Christie, not Mensa, makes a mistake because he knows the right-back role as well. Okay, so John, I understand what you're saying on that, your three in the back. That That's all well and good. Here's my problem, Reese, with your formation and that being basically, you know, the three, four, two one or that's basically like a three four three it goes back to our current problems and i think the same problems will exist in your three four two one as it does in a uh four three three and the problem is that we still aren't getting wide and we don't have that pace down the left and right sides and so for me no matter who's back there we're not going to have the cover going back. We'll get caught out like we did against uh, Tottenham and Arsenal and other ones where we've got too many players forward and they can't recover uh, in time. And this is where I hate to do it, but we need somebody like a McDonald or I don't know if Zambo can do it or not. We need somebody who kind of plays that stopper position, you know, and takes the pressure off the back because we just don't recover well enough. And I'm just not sure that we could do that in the 3-4-2-1. And again, it goes to the fact that we commit players forward and we just don't recover. We don't have that kind of pace and we don't really have that kind of stamina. Does, does that make sense, Reese? Yeah, yeah I, I, I get where you're coming from. But with that sort of formation, again, I, I don't want it to be the only example I go to, but if you look at how England utilized it at the World Cup, because the, the, the sort of main focus point of it, because where most of the opposition's attacks have been coming from has been sort of down our right-hand side. So if you had, you know, Carl Walker did it for the World Cup and you could have Callum Chambers doing that role sort of as the centre-back, but whenever a player go, whenever the right wing-back goes forward, Callum Chambers sort of slides over and sort of protects that and protects that right-hand side. And then, you know, if you flip it over, if you flip it over the other way, if Ryan Sessignon goes forward, for instance, on the left, then it would be Le Marchand, fills that role um, sort of as a left-back on the left-hand side. And then you talk about having a stopper. That's where I personally would have Kevin McDonald and do what he did last year when it was, you know, when it was a back, uh, when it was a back, when it was a back four, but Kevin McDonald sort of dropped in to make a back three. So if we need to, so when we're attacking, have, you no. Know, it's basically, basically everything just moves around one position. So Sessignon goes forward, for instance. Le Marchand goes to left back. Kevin McDonald goes to centre back. Alongside, uh, it would be, you know, in my in my mind, it'd be Chambers, uh, Mawson, and McDonald filling that role whenever we go forward. And then, and then when everything comes back to normal, you know, Kevin McDonald drops back into midfield. Le Marchand goes to centre back. Ryan Sessignon comes back. Do you sort of, Do you sort of see where I'm going with that? So we can still have Kevin McDonald as that stopper, that that anchor in midfield, but it just adds a little bit more. Adds a little bit more flexibility. 
I agree. I, I can understand that. So, John, again, if we're going to go to that formation, we're going to have to sacrifice some players, I feel, because I just don't think that center is quite up to speed. So, John, I ask you, who do you drop in the midfield then? And who is your stopper? Because if, if, I'm assuming K-Mac has pulled something, and I'm, I hope not, but I feel like he's not going to be there. What's your midfield then? That's a good if, point. I forgot Kevin McDonald got it, got an injury. Let's assume that's not too serious. If K Max injured, it's going to be Anguissa, Seri, and Kenny again, and I'm just so disappointed that apparently everyone was raving about it at the last game, saying that if Seri, I don't think it's working. Uh, yeah, but everyone was saying if Kerry, if Se- everyone was saying if Kenny plays along with Seri, they're both brilliant together, and what a load of horseshit that was after watching that today. You know, that's just not true. But I don't think we can justify having Johansson in there, and I don't think we can justify bringing Ibrahim Assise in there, and I don't think we can justify getting Christie to come in like he did for Republic of Ireland, uh, Republic of Ireland as a centre midfielder. So I would have the three in the middle the same, unfortunately, as we had today. I just honestly don't know what else we can do at the moment. Our hands are completely and utterly tied due to injury and unfortunate circumstance. So I guess that goes to what would be each of our uh, starting 11 and the formation we're going to do. We just need to go back and break it down. I said we need more triangles on the pitch, okay? And I want to see more lines on the pitch. I don't want to see just a 4-3-3 or something like that where there's only three lines. I want to see more lines on the pitch, and that's why I'm sorry. I'm always going to go back to right now the 4-2-3-1, having four lines uh, on the pitch. For me, my lineup has got to be on the outside. I'm going with Christy. Um, I just was not impressed with Timothy today, so – I put Christy back out there and uh, I put Reem and Alfie in the middle. Okay. I know a lot of people don't want to see Reem right now. They seem to think he had a shit game. I put that down to, I don't think he's had enough playing time, consistent playing time since he's been back from his injury. And that goes to pretty much the entire team. They just have not been together enough as a unit, uh, you know, to solidify. So Alfie and Reem, I put Lima Sean on the outside only because I think Brian's not fit yet. If Brian was fit, I absolutely would put Brian out there on the left side, okay? Sitting in front of them, I pray, cross my fingers, K-Mock just got a little knock, and, and McDonald's going to be back in. I would put McDonald in there. Who's his partner? I'm not sure right now. Uh, I guess you put, you know um, – and Gisa in there, Zambo. I just I can't think of anybody else right now to drop in there. But unlike you guys, I still would put Schurler out there. Okay. Tom plays your number 10. Uh, hopefully both of them really step up. And Sess obviously back out on the wing with Mitchell up top. We've got to get more service up top. Otherwise, none of this is going to work. So that's my formation. That's my lineup. All right, guys, very good. Look, let's have some closing thoughts because today, I mean, I thought tonight we were going to win and I was going to, I was planning on singing Katy Perry Firework and it was all going to be beautiful. And unfortunately, that's not the case. And uh, we just haven't, we're in a very, very bad place, guys. And I think if things continue like this, we are going to go down. And I just want some final thoughts from each of you on this very, I mean, Don, I'll go to you. What, what do you think is going on in Slavisa's head tonight? Is he, is he on the way out for you? I can't help but think he's got to be home drowning his sorrows. Uh, And I would have thought that vodka would be the favorite Serbian drink, but I was corrected. And I don't know if I'm going to even say it right. Rakia. I'll bet you he's (laughs) five fingers deep into a bottle of Rakia. Swimming. And (laughs) he, he is probably pulling his hair out going, what the hell has gone wrong? What do I do? Or what did I do to deserve this? So I feel for him. I don't know what the answer is, um, and, and I, I, I really kind of hope we would maybe stick with him at least through December. You know, I know a lot of people say out now. I personally, I don't want to see a bunch of uproar and changes. I don't want to see chop, 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 even with managers. So I don't know what else to say other than I hope he is drowning his sorrow and that this is the night we turn the corner and something magical happens at least for his sake, for his sake. All right. So you're saying pray for Slav. 
I say Slav. pray for him. Pray for him hard. Pray for Slav. And and you, Reese, your final thoughts, please, mate, after this disastrous evening. Um, things can things can only get better. But however, <laughs> we, however we decide to go about it, if it is by changing the manager, if it's by you know. I don't see it happening, but if it's by bringing in the under twenty threes, as me and Donna mentioned earlier, something we're, we're at the bottom. We're on the we're at the bottom of the table. Things can only get better. And think of it. And think of it this way: once we get through what is most likely to be a nightmare game against Liverpool on against Liverpool on Sunday, we get the international break. England get we get the Wayne Rooney love in for the England USA friendly. Everyone's going to enjoy it. Wales have got a crunch game against Denmark. We'll, after this, we've got two weeks where we can just forget all about this. Just recharge our batteries. Just get through this one week, guys. I, I beg of you. We will get through this together. We will. All right. Lovely. Lovely. All right, guys. Thank you very much indeed, and happy, happy bloody bonfire night. Nice one. All right. So. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes, tell us all your, tell you all your friends about us, and next week's show is out on Tuesday morning and will include all the fallout from the Liverpool away game. So that is goodbye from me. That is goodbye from Don. Yes, sir. Goodbye, everyone. And that is goodbye from Reese. Bye, guys. Come on, you guys. You are. Okay, guys.